Welcome to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom, a podcast of Journey Church International. Well, thank you for listening to the Activate podcast today. Um, my name is Ryan. We're here with Pastor Christian, and this is a ministry resource of Journey Church International. I'm really glad you decided to uh, to jump on the podcast with us and listen. Whatever you're doing, running on the uh, treadmill or driving your car, uh, we we started a new series called The Way of Jesus, where we've been studying the Book of Matthew, and we're looking at the teachings of Jesus and what are known as the Beatitudes and this week's message is called Strength Under Control, and the whole series, the, the premise has been to learn the ways of Jesus so we can live life like Jesus as followers of Jesus. Um, man, as always, we want to really help activate some of you in your faith to help grow you. Before we jump in, Pastor Christian, we were supposed to have Marcellus Casey with us today, the chief chaplain. Um, and with about 48 hours notice, he let you know that he was sick, wasn't going to be able to make it. How do you handle preaching with, uh, with short notice with, you know, just a couple of days to make things happen? Well, <clears throat> one of the ways that I, that I do that, Ryan, um, I think is going to be really beneficial for our listeners, for areas of growth that they want in their life. Um, so I, I have at, at least a year in advance, all of our sermon topics, sermon series laid out so I so I know what I'm going to preach on and I I literally will have a tab on the notes section of my phone for every series sometimes for every message of a series and I'll have that set up a lot of times a year in advance so when you know when Marcellus reached out and said hey I'm not going to be able to to be there on Sunday the cho- the choice immediately immediately was do you know do I do I preach his beatitude do we do we preach blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted? Um, or do we go to the third one? Blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth. His, his message and his outline were so good. And I think they're so timely in 2020 for what we are dealing with as a, as a black leader in our city for him to come, for him to be able to come and speak from the perspective of learning to mourn what's happening with, uh, with the racial tension, with the social unrest, with the blatant racism that still exists in our world today. I thought, no, that's a message you need to preach, which means then I, you know, I told him, I said, I'm going to go ahead and preach the next week. And when you're healthy, we'll just, we'll insert you right where you need to be. But for me, I've been collecting ministry information on this thought of blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth for more than a year. Um, which allows me anytime, you know, I think I used a quote today from Oswald Chambers that I think was from September 25th. Um, when I read that on September 25th and read about the Sermon on the Mount, I have a whole tab on my phone for Sermon on the Mount preaching. I went and plugged that in there. Um, you know, when I'm, when I'm studying Genesis in my quiet time in January and I read about God giving the earth and I know I've got to preach something about inheriting the earth. I go, I go plug that in a tab. So, you know, Friday morning when Marcella said, Hey, you're up Sunday, I opened a tab on my phone and I had almost all of the ministry content that I've been building for a year under blessed are the meek for, for they will inherit the earth. And then all I had to do was organize it. Okay. So why is that important for people who are not Bible teachers who are listening to our podcast? If you as a Christian have two or three areas in 2021 that you hope to grow in, um, if you want to grow in trust, if you want to grow in hope, if you want to grow in joy, if you want to learn how to pray, if you want to forgive somebody, I think if you very intentionally at the beginning of the year say, these are the areas that I'm looking to grow in and to learn in, 
and you put a tab in your phone for joy, you put a tab in your phone for hope, and you put a tab on your computer in your phone for trust. And then every time that year you hear a sermon on those things and you go tab it in there. Hey, the January 12th sermon says this about trust. You hear a podcast about it. The July 28th podcast was all about trust. Anytime you read a verse in the Bible that speaks to you about it, by the end of the year, you will have become your own researcher and your own professor in in training yourself biblically and spiritually. Not only everything that the Bible says and your spiritual leaders have said, but how the Holy Spirit has translated that into your life. If you will just get super intentional about learning ahead of time, here's what I'm hoping to learn. You'll find yourself all the time running across not just not just content, but experiences. You'll be able to go and lay in, you know, you'll say these three messages I learned about trust. These 15 verses taught me about trust. But this one experience that happened in August where this happened at the office and I had to trust for like a whole week and I had to pray. All of a sudden you've got kind of your, your, your sermon illustrations, your life experience built in. If you will just get really intentional about learning very specific areas, uh, your whole world, will, your eyes, your ears, your heart, all your experiences will open up to what God wants to teach you in those areas. So I think that could be a good exercise for people who want to grow in a few key areas, even though it's a preaching exercise for me, it's a tremendous learning and discipleship exercise for others. And I've always thought, well, I'll just remember those things. <laughs> yeah, you don't. And you don't, yep. you know, I'm like, I yep. want to remember that for a sermon illustration or a Monday morning prayer. And you're right. You've got to get specific about finding a way to categorize it and yep. you, you're building your own commentary so to speak and sermon illustrations but you'll use them in ways to connect with people right no one on the podcast may ever preach but they're gonna take time to share how god worked in their situation when their neighbor tells them man i'm really hurting you know what as they've listened i read a verse they, about that yeah yes. i read a verse about it. I, you know what let me tell you how god worked in my life and and I believe he'll work in yours. Yep. So, so man. I think it, you know if you try to if you try to remember ten areas, you probably won't get any. But if you just have two or three where you think every time this year I run across across that, I'm going to write it down and learn it. You'll find yourself seeing it more than you've ever seen it, learning more than you've ever learned, experiencing more than you've ever experienced, and growing more than you ever could have imagined growing in those areas. Great stuff, um, Pastor uh, Brandon would say. Good. So, so <laughs> yeah, that's, that's good. good. That's good. Uh, you know, in the as we jump into the message, right, called Strength Under Control, in, in the first lesson from your message, you talked about Moses the meek, and then you define meek, right? You spent some time defining it, but you also spent quite a bit of time clarifying what meekness is not. What My question is, what compelled you to spend time clarifying what meekness isn't? Um, I think a lot of times to understand what something is, you have to understand what something is not. And I think a lot of times there have, there have been misunderstandings. So it's not a, um, it's when, when you talk about meekness spiritually, people often don't need to relearn old things they've been taught. They need to unlearn old things they've been taught. Um, like, you know, meek is weak. Meek is not weak. Meek is not even choosing weak. Actually, meek doesn't describe any part of weak. Meek is meek is a term that can only that's only used to describe how you deal with strength. It has nothing to do with weakness. Um, because we sing about Jesus as a baby at Christmas being meek and mild, we often think of it. You know, meekness is maybe maybe it's a lukewarm thing. Maybe it's a thing that's just not real passionate. Um, you know, or or we or we take 
an arrogant ownership of it. And we think, well, meekness is when I get these areas in my life under control. But the only way we ever, the only way we ever have spiritual control is by giving away spiritual control because our spirits are broken and our spirits are weak. And the only way for us to get ahead is through surrender. I mean, that like, that is the key. Um, we gain by losing, um, you know, we live by dying. Um, you know, it's the deny yourself, take up your cross thing. The only way we really gain control is by surrendering control and by, and by giving it to God. So I think it's, it's, un, it's unlearning maybe some of the, the wrong perceptions about it that I think are important. And maybe it's just me. I mean, maybe that's just been my perception of meekness, um, over the years. But then as you read, you know, through certain commentators, um, it seems like all of them highlight in order to really understand what meekness is, you have to understand what it's not. Because after you understand it's not weakness, it's not dispassion, it's not controlled strength, but it but it is it is used of an an awfully strong animal who kept all of its strength, all of its passion. It's just now leveraged in the right way. I think it really helps you understand how much God wants to use your strength. Um you know, will God step into and use your weaknesses? Yes. But it shows you how much God wants to use every ounce of your strength, surrendered or broken, so that you can be useful to your to your spiritual master in the right direction. I thought the uh, illustration about the animal really helped. You think of a, a horse, extremely powerful. Extremely powerful. And it doesn't lose an ounce of its power. It's just redirected in a useful manner to the point where... Every car engine is is defined by and described by the amount of horsepower mm-hmm. that it has. Um, so, yeah, what we're looking for is to figure out how to leverage all of our spiritual horsepower, not our weakness, not our meek and mild, um, you know, not trying to be in control ourselves, but just to we're trying to give our engine to God and say, Put this in whatever car you want. Drive it wherever you want, however you want. Use it for you. We're trying to give our horsepower to God. In lesson two, you mentioned the word optional. You say that meekness is not optional in the way of Jesus. And then you had a follow-up, four follow-up points. You state, those who live in the way of Jesus, wear meekness, produce meekness, become meekness, and teach meekness. Why did Why did you begin those statements with, those who live in the way of Jesus? Uh, I think it's because too many people um, maybe have been led to, have been taught to, or for some reason they have chosen to believe that Christianity is a decision and not a lifestyle. And it, and it absolutely is a, it is a decision. It's a response to an invitation that God gives you but it but it leads to a lifestyle. John Calvin said faith without um faith alone saves, but the faith that saves is not alone. Um when Jesus steps into your life, it's not just a decision, it's not just a moment. You you begin this following of Jesus to become like Jesus. That's I mean that's what it means to follow Jesus, not just not just to go where he's going, but to go in the way that he is going and and to become like him. Paul would say it this way, imitate him. So for us in this series, very specifically, we're not trying to teach to head knowledge. We're not trying to teach to heart knowledge. We're trying to teach to life application and life experience to learn to 
to learn the ways of Jesus so we can live in the ways of Jesus as followers of Jesus, primarily, one, because that's what he's called us to. And you would hear the Apostle Paul when he's talking about wearing, producing, becoming, teaching. He keeps using this word worthy, 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 walk worthy. Like he he says not in a theological sense of you owe Jesus this or you can't be a Christian, but he would say understanding what Jesus has done for you. Um, man, one of the ways we honor him, one of the ways we show what he did has tremendous value and that it's worthwhile to us is we consider him worthy of changing our lives to be more like his life, which is the wearing meekness, producing meekness, becoming meek and teaching meekness, not a head knowledge, not just a heart knowledge, not just a spiritual understanding, but a spiritual practice of becoming more like Jesus. That's, that's, that's the whole thought that Paul gave the church in Corinth. Imitate me as I imitate Christ. Um, you know, we're, we're not teaching so that people can pass a written test. I heard someone say, you know, the, um, the, the test, the test to pass to get into eternity is a blood test, not a scantron, which means they're not, they're not going to ask you questions. They're going to, they're going to draw your blood and see if the life of Jesus lives in you. And if the life of Jesus lives in you, the way of Jesus will be lived through you, which is why in this series specifically and very intentionally, it is those who live in the way of Jesus, those who live in the way of Jesus, those who live in the way of Jesus, those who live life like Jesus have these characteristics. So in other words, if you're, if you're listening and you look at your life and there's an area that doesn't look like it, you need to ask them to make a change. Yes. I mean, you're, you're hoping for those who are listening who are like, yeah, I don't lead that way. Well, you're not leading like Jesus then. Right. It's a, it's a, it's a growth area. It's a growth area. And I think one of the most spiritually immature, spiritually unaware phrases that anyone can ever say is that's just the way I am. Because we, we say in Christianity, no, that's just the way you were, but you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Um, no, no Christian can get by dismissing sinful behavior or anything that falls short of the, of the ways of Jesus. No Christian can get by dismissing sinful behavior or anything that falls short of the way of Jesus with, that's just the way I am. Because if you are a follower of Jesus, that's just the way you were. But when you decided to follow Jesus, you denied yourself. You took up your cross. You were crucified with Christ. The old you died. The new you is now supposed to be alive. And, and you have, You've buried your old self, you've picked up your new self, and regardless of how you were, who you are is supposed to be becoming more like Jesus. Yeah, so it means that's, there's an activate part of this podcast, uh, analyze your own life as we have to every day and figure out where God needs to mold and shape you. And if you really will, as we pray every time we have a, a sermon, Lord, speak to my heart, he'll speak to you and he will begin to work. You know, when I talk to people, I often feel like, the temperament and personality of Jesus is maybe misunderstood. They, they either talk about him throwing money changers out of the temple, like, Hey, you know, he had anger, he got fired up or, or they would tell his followers, um, you know, to turn the other cheek and they kind of skew one way or the other in their perception of him. They kind of either, he was this really mad guy who would get fire up against things or he was this really mild guy. So how, how would you help people to understand Jesus under the guise of meekness and gentleness. Yeah. Well, I would say one, you have to, you have to look at the heart of everything that Jesus did. 
um, Jesus as God turning over the tables of the money changers was tremendously more gentle than just striking them dead and sending them to hell, which he had every right to do. Right. So you ha- you have to look at you have to look at all of his actions through the lens of his identity. And when you do when you do that, you see grace in everything. Um, his harshest statements were to were to Paul says in Romans were to lead people to repentance. It was to it was to clarify to um, you know to pull the veil off their eyes. Even what he did to the apostle Paul, you're like, well, but he blinded the apostle Paul on on the road to Damascus and nearly killed him. Yes, but he was so gracious. He could have struck. Him yes, <laughs> he was so gracious in doing that. And then he called him, and then he used him. So I think you have to look at the lens of who Jesus was, what he came to do, what he what he couldn't what he could have done. But what he did do, and and was Jesus passive at some points? If that's if that's what was called for in certain scenarios, yes, Jesus turned the other cheek, and he, and he led through meekness, which means a surrendered strength um, at every point. You know, Philippians chapter two said Jesus didn't consider being equal with God something to be grasped or to held on or or to be held on to, but he emptied himself. He sur- he surrendered his strength as a divine being, and he became obedient to becoming a human, becoming a servant to others, becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross, so that one day, because Jesus surrendered all of his strength to God the Father, because he did that, one day all of humanity could surrender their strength to God the Son, Jesus, when every knee would bow and every tongue would confess that Jesus is Lord. Um, to the honor and the glory of of God the Father, I think when we when we look at Jesus being meek, you look at the strength he surrendered not not just his specific actions but the whole the strength he surrendered, being God stepping out of heaven to come and serve humanity, and then you looked at every one of his actions, and when you really step back and look at them in the context of who Jesus was, what he was doing, how he was acting, you see that all of them were so grace filled all of them were so gentle. Um, and so many of them were to lead people to salvation and repentance or to teach people things about following Jesus and discipleship that they could not have learned except through the in, in example that Jesus had that Jesus had provided in his teaching or in his interactions with people. You know, I think as you read John, it talks about John says he would he was the one that would lay by Jesus's bosom, so to speak, because mm-hmm. he wanted to be near him. And I think of. I think of growing up and wanting to be near my my dad mm-hmm. or my grandpa, you know, because of the strength that they had, but also right. the love and the peace and the calmness they had in that moment. And I think, I think if we think of him from that standpoint, there's great strength there. But he's also someone you want to be near because he's calm, he's peace, he's he's power under control. It, it's it's what you want to be near, and his strength is is for your salvation and spiritual development, spiritual formation, which doesn't always mean that his strength is going to protect you from bad. If yeah. that bad can help shape and form you spiritually, it doesn't always mean his, his strength is, is going to make things easier, even protect you from things, but his strength will always be leveraged to make you more like him because that is where your true fulfillment, calling purpose and impact come from. Yeah. Uh, in a, in a deeper teaching moment, uh, will you kind of biblically unpack that thought of inheriting the earth that you talk about for humanity and the Jewish land, uh, you know, the promise? Well, yeah. So, so we talked about this word inherit, which means to, which means to literally receive 
what has been promised. And we talk about the Jewish people who for 2000 years have been promised a land, a king, that they would be this independent nation that would be leveraged. So the whole world might know the God of Israel. They thought they would be a literally a nation state that taught the world how to live in and how to worship um, in the kingdom of God. And we talked about how, how these Jewish people had believed the promise, but not received the promise. So their ears perk up when Jesus says, Hey, you, you can have the inheritance and the inheritance for them. I mean, went back, went back to creation. So Ryan, you and I have have been to Israel. Um, when, when you go to Israel, if, if you're with a good tour guide or you just listen to the teaching of a lot of what the Jewish rabbis are teaching over there. So they, they believe the temple Mount, which, you know, has, has become one, one of the holiest sites on planet earth for the, the, the three major world religions, right? Christians, Jews, and Muslims. So the Jews believe that the temple Mount is the foundation stone of creation. Um, they, they believe that underneath what now is the dome of the rock, which used to be the temple, which used to sit the Holy of Holies. They believe that that is the first piece of earth that was created. They believe that's what Adam was created from like a lump of clay from the top of that mountain. Eve would have been taken from his side. Um, they believe that's where Isaac, you know, on Mount Moriah or Mount Moriah would have been, um, offered up as a sacrifice. That's where David built the first temple. I mean, there's a lot of historicity there, but they believe that's where it all began. Like beginnings are a big thing to the Jewish people. This, this Genesis idea that God created the heavens and the earth and he created a people for himself to tell the whole world about himself. And the Jews said, that's us. Like that's, that's us. That's our inheritance that God chose us. He gave us his covenants. He gave us his promises. He's going to send us his savior. And then we're going to tell the whole world about this. So beginnings were a big deal to them. The foundation story is a big deal to them. So when Jesus says to them, you're going to inherit the earth, that means something totally different to those of us who are landowners in America. It's like inherit the earth. I've got an acre. I got 10 acres. I'm a farmer. I got hundreds of acres. Gosh, I don't know what I do with the whole earth to them. That's a, it's a, it's a spiritual point in their past, a spiritual promise in their future. And now Jesus is saying it can be a spiritual reality for them in there right now that you can inherit the earth. And they're looking back to Adam and Eve who were given all dominion over a planet earth that was meant basically to serve them. Um, they are looking for the Jewish people are looking for the recreation of Eden. And what's funny is if you read Genesis one and two, and then you go read revelation 20, 21 and 22, the Bible begins and ends in the exact same place in the garden of God in a perfect world with an earth that is created to meet all the needs of humanity with God and humanity living together in the same space with a perfect humanity, worshiping a perfect God day and night forever and ever and ever. I mean, Genesis one, two revelation, 2021, 20, 22 is it? It's the same story. One of them before it broke, one of them after it was fixed and then the rest of human history in between. So when the Jewish people were told you're going to inherit the earth, they, they think back to Genesis one and two, God's going to take us back to that condition. Christians, when they hear we should inherit the earth should flash forward to revelation 20, 21, 22 and say, God's going to take us to that condition. The thought is you will rule and reign and have dominion in a world of total perfection. But the thing that makes that a world of total perfection is a humanity who has rejected sin for 
the for the rulers for for the authority and the rulership of God in their life because they want to be with him night and day forever and ever. And a lot of Christians don't have that view of Christianity. I give up all of me for all that God wants of me, and I just want to walk with him day and night forever and ever. But that is the way of Jesus. And that's where we're trying to get on our discipleship journey to, to get people from, uh, to get people to move from salvation as 1-800-GOT-JUNK. I don't need to give Jesus all my junk. Don't want it. Can't use it. It's really in the way. It's taking up space. Definitely want to get rid of that. Um, so if Christianity is a mixture of 1-800-GOT-JUNK, give Jesus all my junk and I get to go to heaven one day. Awesome. And what we're saying is no, like those are only the bookends of the story. One is day one of your Christianity. One is day 10,000 of your Christianity. But in between those is your journey of living in the way of Jesus. It's not only pleasing to him. We believe it's the most pleasing life to you that you can live when you give God all your junk and you give him all your gold. Um, you surrender poor in spirit, all the broken. You surrender all the strength, meekness, um, we believe that's the journey God wants you on. That's the life God has for you. And, and when you do that, we, I mean, we get through the rest of them. When you surrender your strengths, all of a sudden you begin to hunger and thirst more for righteousness. And all of a sudden you begin to hunger, um, you know, you have a hunger and a thirst more for, for purity in your heart. And you have a hunger and a thirst more for mercy because of how God's been merciful. I mean, they all, they all kind of roll together, but those two, the two big ones are poor in spirit, give God all my brokenness, meekness. Give God all my strengths. Um, give God everything now. Live the life that God has called me to live in the way that Jesus lived. And we want to continue to help you get there. That's why we do this podcast. Uh, we want to. We truly want to help people activate their faith. Uh, if we can help you grow, please let us know. Um, we, we want to be a church that's uh, equipping you to continue to grow because it isn't about, I made a decision 25 years ago, I'm a Christian. As Pastor Christian said, it's about growing and continuing to live and look uh, like Jesus in this world that that needs him. Pastor Christian, thanks for uh, being a part of the the podcast and leading us today. Always, yep. Um, Thank you for listening from wherever you're at. Uh, Be sure to tune in. We'd love for you to to rate us if you would. That'd be a real blessing to us. If you would share it with someone, share it on your social media so people can um, be encouraged and challenged and that their faith can be activated as well. If you got a question you'd like us to check out on a podcast that we can answer for you, you can email us at activate at takethejourney.cc. We look forward to catching you next time on the Activate Podcast, where we challenge you to build a faith that is active. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Activate. We would love for you to join us in person for one of our weekly worship experiences. You can find out more information about JCI on our website at takethejourney.cc. Help us get the word out about this resource. You can do so by subscribing, reviewing, and sharing this episode on your favorite social media platform. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time on the Activate Podcast.